So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 60 of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Hartley, holding down the four here in the Midwest, good old Columbus, Ohio. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm excited. I'm excited for today's guest because we're going to be talking uh, a couple of things that I love. Um, first off, video, and then as well, marketing. How to, how to use video as a photographer, by the way, using your own photography tools um, to create some interesting marketing uh, resources, collateral pieces, right, that you can put out there. You guys, if you haven't figured it out yet, the entire purpose of this podcast is to help you grow your business. That's really what we are all about. And so we're bringing in um, other successful entrepreneurs, other successful photographers and non-photographers to tackle uh, to tackle this whole concept of growing your creative business and putting that in your guys' hands. On today's episode, we have Michael. Uh, he is all about videography and boudoir photography, right? He moved out to the West Coast, um, actually not for work whatsoever simply because it's warm and the sun is shining. I'm very envious of you, Michael. Look, uh, as I already mentioned, we're going to be talking about how to move your your stills camera over to that video mode and begin to create um, pieces of, of collateral marketing pieces um, and even sellable products. Uh, for video, for whether you're doing boudoir, portraits, or wedding. You guys, I'm really excited to talk about some of these strategies. And so let's jump right in and talk to Michael. Hello, Michael. Welcome to the SFP podcast. How are you doing today? Good, sir. Uh, yeah, man. It's a good day. Just, just another day. <laughs> just, just another day. What's what like? Okay. What's a day in the life of Michael Sasser? Um, that's a good question, man. I, uh, I live in Southern California. I'm out here in LA and a lot of the reason why I moved out here was to make the most of the weather, enjoy the weather. So I've got some tennis happening this evening, which I'm really excited to get out and, and exercise a little bit, but, nice. um, you ever mess around with surfing? You know, I, uh, I have, but usually surfing wins. Um, it's, uh, I've been a few times, um, and it's a blast it's a blast to be out in the water, but it's one of those things I know that to get the most out of it, I'd have to go like a lot more to get the consistency of 
not being too tired by the end, you know, your back muscles and oh, getting yeah. the consistency of hopping up on the waves. But uh, I actually, I live um, about a mile from the beach, and so it's pretty common for me to ride my bike down there and just walk out on the pier, watch all the surfers, and, and kind of drink in in the ocean. You not literally, but figuratively. A terrible life. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been, it's been brutal. No, it's been, uh, it's been great, but I found that, you know, kind of moving out here, it's, it's a little bit more challenging than business was in Denver, which is where I was for 10 years. So it's kind of forced me to be a, be a better photographer and a better marketer and a better salesman and, you know, all those things. So, yeah. It, and we're going to catch up on your story real quick, but I want to jump right into the, the thick of something. I think that there is, Maybe it's a misconception. Maybe you'll help answer that right now. But I think there is a perception of, you know, living in a, um, a, a larger city, living in a, you know, a booming location uh, has just like all upside and uh, and it's easier and all kinds of stuff. What are, what are some of the challenges of living out there and running your photography business? Um, I would say the um, I would say the biggest challenge that I faced was. Uh, that a lot of people already knew a lot of people. So mm-hmm. in Denver, uh, there weren't that many uh, wedding fi- wedding videographers, um, which I did before I started shooting boudoir. And there also weren't that many boudoir photographers. So um, to get to get in the door, simply that you shot was enough for people to people to refer you. And so through your quality of work and your uh, the experience that you gave. Um, that would grow exponentially, but yes. you know, to get in the door that you shoot, you know, just not a whole lot of people knew that many people they could trust and coming out to LA. Um, so many people have cameras a, but so many people are really, really good with those cameras. And so to find yourself in Google searches to, um, you know, your Facebook pages, your, uh, when you meet somebody, uh, you want to connect with a florist or a, or a, uh, or a wedding planner, a lot of them already had their their people, and not only that, but the people that they had were also really good. Yeah. So yeah. it was kind of the situation where, um, you know, I knew that to make a difference, to be seen, I had to be more than just, you know, kind of good with my camera. And so it forced me to, to do those. So I would say that's that was the biggest challenge is just um, – there's no like, I mean, uh, one of the benefits is that the cost of living is higher out here. So people are expecting to spend more because just life is more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a benefit, but, um, you know, getting the, getting the clients and, and working on that side of things, I would say took much longer here than it did in Denver, even though I was so much farther in my career. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I, I, I agree. I think um, this was true of me starting out in like population lower than 30,000, uh, Bowling Green, Ohio, super just like, uh, um, what's it called when it's not urban? Rural. <laughs> I got you. Thank you, but you think I appreciate it. You got me there. Super rural, anyhow. But you you get to own that space. You know, you can actually come into a space, and if your service is there, and obviously your work has to be there, but your personality and your service and the experience, if it's there, you have the opportunity to just like put your stake in the ground and and like own own that area, um, which is which was amazing to do. Um, so, well, let's rewind, Michael. I, I did I did want to jump right into that one because it was right there. Let's rewind. Catch people up. Because it sounds like you've started off, you've done a lot of things, video, weddings, now you're doing um, boudoir and, and, and even hearing how video plays into that. So rewind, 
Um, walk me through uh, how you got to where you are today. Um, well, uh, let's start uh, during my study abroad in Australia. I didn't even own a camera when I went. My dad said I couldn't go to Australia without a camera. Um, and I was like... It sounds like a great father. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm going to... This was before iPhones. And, you know, so we didn't have just a camera in our pocket everywhere we went. So... Um, I ended up going and, and it took me a couple months, but I started taking pictures of man, sunsets and flowers. They had me, you know, <laughs> and so, um, after, after I got back, I was just like super curious, reading a bunch of magazines and learning everything I could. Um, I got my first digital SLR and then I just started looking for jobs on Craigslist, like anything I could do related to photography. Yep. And, um, I picked up one with uh, this sports photography company, this youth sports photography company. You take pictures of the kids playing sports, you sell them back to their parents. Okay. Um, and honestly, that's that's how I started. I was about 21 years old, and I thought it was just the coolest thing ever uh, that somebody was going to pay me to to take pictures. Uh, I, I was high on life, and from there, I kind of decided, you know what. I'm 21 now. It's like enough money now. But if I want my free time, if I want, um, if I want to really increase what I'm capable of, I'm going to have to start shooting on my own. I'm going to have to be my own boss. I'm going to have to learn how to do portraits. I'm going to have to learn how to sell. And so that's when I stopped doing that and started doing uh, some wedding photography and portrait photography. And then, um, you know, I was doing that for a while, high school senior portraits and, and that sort of thing. I saw a video wedding uh, that was like three minutes long, and I cried. And I was like, I don't even know these people. How was that possible? And so I did everything I could to learn how to shoot uh, a wedding film. Um, and that ended up launching me in my wedding videography career, which lasted about six years and took me to uh, Spain and Florida and Puerto Rico and like all these incredible places, which was amazing. But um, I started shooting boudoir and I just really got attached to the idea that, um, you know, the power that boudoir has the ability to sort of change your mental state. Whereas, uh, weddings, uh, give you the ability to remember it in, in all of its glory, but really to be able to, uh, change someone's perception of themselves, I thought was like this incredible superpower almost. And, uh, that's sort of what's what's got me so hooked. Nice. Now, when you first started making this transition from photography to video, I mean, were you out there like, I've got to get a whole new setup of, of equipment? Did you figure out how to make it work with the photography gear that you had? What you did know, you do to, to make that step? I did. I was as minimal as possible. I mean, my first, my first wedding film, I just wanted to see if I could do it. So the very first thing I did was... Um, this was back before all cameras came with video. So I bought a D7000. It was like a little less than $1,000. And I already had my lenses, so I didn't have to buy any more lenses. Um, and I bought a microphone for 100 bucks, mm-hmm. Uh And I bought a... I already had a tripod. Most people already have tripods. Um, and I bought a glide cam for like $250. This balances your camera unless you get smooth shots. Yeah. So I put all in all about... Um, you know, most people won't have to buy buy a new camera now, um, but I spent, uh, you know, three hundred three hundred fifty dollars um, was my total investment to be able to start shooting video. And you know, you don't even need a glide cam. Um, so really, um, if you're if you're doing this, you know, your camera already 
already does what it what it can do. So uh, my investment was super super tiny. I just wanted to see if I could do it, um, and uh, I. I ended up putting something together that worked. I mean, even before I shot a wedding film, I shot uh, my friend's birthday party. You know, I just had my camera out, video. Like video. We're talking video still, right? Yeah. So I shot a video of like people smiling and laughing and cooking on the barbecue. And I put that together. And then I did a video of um, some of my friends playing soccer. And then I put that together. And they were all just, you know, it's all just practice. So that by the time it came, came time to do the wedding film, I was competent enough to get a stable camera and and record some audio, um, but yeah, the investment was super small. Microphone, tripod, you know, got me started. What were some of the the initial uh, challenges, hurdles to overcome when you when you began making that shift? Um, I would say the initial challenge um, is typically audio. Yeah, dude, uh, I hate audio. It, I mean, I, I like I have a love hate relationship with it. I love great audio, but I just hate audio. Well, the thing is, um, to get good audio isn't very difficult. To get great audio is really hard, and to get real terrible audio is so easy. <laughs> By the way, to get really terrible audio out of great audio equipment is incredibly easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. just because you've got great equipment doesn't mean the audio is going to sound great. Sorry, I could tell you so many stories. Oh yeah, I've been uh, I've been in the situation where I forgot to hit record. Uh, the microphone wasn't plugged in all the way. Uh, you know, there are absolutely mistakes that you can make, but you know that's one of the things where uh, my very first wedding actually, I turned off the microphone to save battery, and uh, when it came time for the toasts, I f- I forgot to turn it back on. So I've got like three hours of the of the reception of the toasts where I just didn't get any any audio, and that was. Um, you know, that was brutal for me, but because I was doing it for free, it gave me some leniency and I've never made that mistake again. Yeah. And so, you know, like there are going to be hurdles, uh, you know, there are going to be mistakes just like, you know, when you first started taking pictures, you probably, uh, you know, whatever, you didn't have the autofocus on properly or you shot at F8 nope. and your Man. shutter speed was too slow and, you know, whatever it is, like it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, for the audio, um, it's, it can be pretty intimidating, but the but there's you know really one or two things that you can do to, and especially it depends on what your goals are. If you're shooting wedding weddings and you're trying to mic up a whole bunch of different people, uh, that's that's tough. But if you're just doing one interview with somebody, you know you're just having somebody sit in a chair and record them speak in a quiet room. You know the hurdles are much much less. Yeah. So it sounds like you, from what you've explained with a little bit of the history here, you know, you've pulled back from doing wedding videography. Uh, and, and I'm curious where, where video production still fits into what you do. Uh, that's a good question. I, I kind of use it for, for a few things. And, uh, and one is a, one is a sales tool, um, is that I, I mean, it's a, it's a product. So one thing is I, I'll shoot these uh, boudoir films for my clients. It's something totally different from, um, you know, from pictures. It's cool with the music. You put them in slow motion. You know, they're in a movie. It's very, it's very cool. And then the other one is all of the ways that I use it to book more clients. And I think this is probably the the more powerful one. I use it to record video testimonials of my clients, 
which is way more powerful than written ones. You know, you see the expressions on their face, you hear the excitement in their voices. Uh, you know, they become real people instead of just a line of text on a website. So that's one way that I do it. Um, I've used video to connect with uh, people who can recommend me, who've gotten me in the door places that I wouldn't have been able to if I could only offer pictures. This is uh, hair and makeup artists that I've done video for them. So they post it on their website, you know, do something big for them that's small for me. Um, I've used it that way. Um and I've used it to kind of get some behind the scenes of me shooting so that people can see for themselves what an experience is actually like. Uh, and I think that people are very like, see to believe, you know, people watch a lot of YouTube videos. People want to, you know, know what the experience is going to be like. And that's why commercials and, you know, reality TV and all these things are, are so, you know, YouTube is so popular because people love watching. So if you can give them the ability to see your experience. I mean, whether you're a boudoir photographer or you're a wedding photographer to hear uh, a bride and groom go, you know, crazy over how amazing their wedding photography was, how you were part of the wedding day, you know, they're going to, first of all, seeing that couple is going to resonate with them more. It's going to hold on to their memory when they're clicking through, uh, you know, who was that one that had the video of the couple who loved them? Like, you know, go back to that <laughs> website, right? Uh, it's a, yeah. it's a way to stand out. And so there are, uh, you know, a million uses for it within that, but simply having understanding how to use video as a tool has put me in front of a lot more people, uh, than I think I otherwise would have had the chance to. Yeah. So I want to, I want to kind of popcorn through these. I want to dig into these and just start asking like some, uh, some kind of like rapid fire questions for some of the ideas that you gave a uh, video in regards to a product video with testimonial videos as vendor pieces to network, build relationship, provide value. I just kind of want to like hop around and dig into these for, for a few minutes over this episode. Is that okay with you? I love it, man. Let's do it products. Okay. I know you, you kind of glean past this one. You're like, the other one's more interesting. I'm like, nah, actually I think it's kind of neat to understand what's another way that we could, um, increase our profits to maximize our profits, uh, per client. And, um, I'm really curious on how you do this. And so, um, is this something that's standard with, you know, that you're kind of known for with your boudoir that like it's, it's both photography and video. And then what's the practicality? I mean, are you creating a separate, almost sequence or are you switching, you know, are you doing photo and then you just switch in the same kind of, uh, posing and lighting setup and going straight to video and then switching back to photography. What's your process like? Uh, well, the first thing is I shoot everything natural light. So I don't, uh, the strobe switching between strobes and, and, and constant light. I don't have to worry about, um, which for some people it might be. Um, but, uh, it's typically an add on, um, for my products, you know, photos, an album as a gift, flipping through an album has one very specific, uh, it's timeless. Um, you know, it's just very much the thing to do boudoir also because it's kind of has that, like, this is a secret, this is private. And so having it in a closed book, you know, for all of those reasons that really matches up. Um, so the video is, uh, I've had clients come in for long distance, you know, like my husband's, uh, deployed or were, you know, living in separate places for a year while he starts his new job or, you know, any of these reasons. Um, and then for, for women who are just like a little, a little more adventurous than, um, 
than your average girl, you could say, um, and wants to, uh, you know, the idea of like walking around slow motion. And when they see the videos, it's uh, they're super tasteful. It's it's really, really cool. So uh, that I do as an add on. Sometimes somebody will come to me and they're like, you know what? Like I've done a I've done a photo shoot like it was cool. I want to do something totally different that none of my friends have ever done. Like, let's do a video. Yeah. Um, when I was shooting wedding photography, what I would do is uh, for the engagement shoot, uh, we would take pictures and then I would switch over real quick to video mode and I'd shoot a couple clips of them walking around in that outfit or walking through the fields or holding hands, not nestling each other's, you know, into each other's uh, necks, that sort of thing. Um, and again, it's like you don't need a million clips. You just need a couple of really good ones. And as far as what the deliverable looks like, um, just the way that your wedding packages are different than the next company's wedding packages. There are no hard and fast rules about how you have to sell this stuff. Uh, you can do it as a slideshow intermixed with video clips. You can do it as a video intermixed with a few photos. You can do them completely separately. You know, it's really up to you what you connect with and, and what you think your clients will connect with. That's awesome. Have you seen too how um, Graphy Studio just released a new album that uh, intermixes video content within the album? It, it's um, it has like essentially like a built-in screen towards. I'd have to open up the actual release of what they did. I don't have one personally, but I think it has like a small uh, built-in screen to the cover that can play back uh, you know whatever video content that you've produced for the client. Have you seen that yet? I haven't, but that sounds so cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it could be it could be awesome to kind of intermix because I think people tend to think about um, the you know the print movement and physical products and IPS uh, kind of as an exclusive thing from um, something that's inherently digital like video, um, but kind of bringing it into the the physical world. Uh, it could be really awesome as just an additional kind of um, way to serve them, um, and uh, yeah, and and make sure that that video doesn't just like disappear in an email link to Vimeo or, or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? That's right. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, and so, okay, let's let's start talking about these testimonial videos because you're right. I am super interested in this because I'm interested in the conversation. I'm interested in in kind of this the discussion between your clients and you. Um, is this happening right there when they receive the images? Do you do you ask them? Is this reaching back out and asking them to come back in? Do you go to them? What's that initial conversation like with a client to produce a testimonial video? Well, uh, for my very first one that I ever did, uh, was for, uh, my wedding, you know, after I shot my wedding and I, um, and I messaged the couple after they got back from their honeymoon, I said, um, you know, your video is ready and I'd love to do a, a testimonial of your, of, you know, what you guys' experience was like. So I sent them the video and they were floored and they couldn't wait to come in and talk about it. And so, um, I just set up my you know, I just set up my microphone and just asked them, had a couple of questions to ask them. Um, and they were, I mean, I, I truly attribute my success, initial success in Denver to this one particular testimonial video because I think really? it, it was that powerful. I think so. Absolutely. The number of views, uh, that it got and the number of, um, the number of people that said, Oh my God, like, I, it's really important for me that he gets details. And that's what she said in the video. Like, wow, look at how incredible, um, you know, like look at her light up when she talks about it, that they were able to say, you know, like at first with video, we thought it was going to be like pretty intrusive. Like, honestly, 
we didn't even realize that he was there most of the time. There are things that I'm doing that I don't remember him being there that he captured perfectly. And so hearing somebody say that and believe it, you know, it just, it just really has a way of, um, it's easier, right? The conversation, you feel like you're having a conversation with that person. So that was my first one. So now with boudoir, what I do is, um, I try and catch them on a high. And what that means is, uh, right after their photo shoot, right after their, um, review, uh, you know, right after they see their pictures for the first time, anything like this, they're already there. They've already got their hair and makeup done. They're feeling amazing from their pictures. Um, and I just, um, you know, and I just say, I'd love to, it takes about five minutes. I'd love to put a microphone on you and just ask you some questions about what it was like. And most people have such an amazing experience that they can't wait to talk about it. Mm. And so you ever get scared. Uh, I mean, I feel like there's probably a lot of photographers. This is our art. And what if they say something? What if they, what if they tell me, no, I don't want to say, I mean, do you, do you, uh, how do you overcome that fear of, of what if they don't have a rave review? Um, well, that's, uh, that's a really good question. Uh, the first thing is, uh, I'd be, you know, you can kind of gauge from somebody if their, if their experience is good or bad from if, if I, if I photograph with somebody and they're sort of kind of pouting the whole time and they, you know, they're on occasion, I'll have somebody that like really doesn't want to be there, but they feel like they have to do it for someone else. Like, I'm not going to ask that person because I've photographed plenty of clients like, um, and I know that the next person that comes in is going to be the one that, you know, most people are going to connect with. So, um, if they say no, then you'll just ask the next person. I mean, it's, um, I know that sounds crazy and I've, I've had my own issues with that asking, like, what if they say no, then I'll never be able to ask that person again. Then that lead is dead. Then, you know, all these things, but, um, you really don't need 10. I mean, even on my website right now, I think I have four. And I started with just one, you know, I started with one, I put it up there and that alone made a difference. And now that I can have four, you know, all together and let people see that it wasn't just one time, it was a lot of times, but you know, like the, the thing is, is the, the goal is to start with one. You only need one. Once you get that one, then you can start on the second one. What are some great questions that you ask? Uh, during those interviews that a photographer could, could be thinking about, um, when going into this. Um, perfect. So, uh, one of the big ones is why did you choose me? You know, of all the photographers out there, like, why did you choose me? Um, another great one is, was it what you expected? And this one's pretty open-ended. So, um, for me, some people are like, you know, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. I didn't expect that I would love the pictures as much as I did. Um, some people say, you know what? It was, it was pretty close to what I expected, which was great because I had high expectations and, um, you know, so that's a, another really good one. I would say, um, you know, for, for me, for boudoir specifically, it's, uh, you know, what were your initial hesitations? I want to connect with people who are maybe on the fence about, uh, doing something like this, but, yeah. Um, for weddings, I remember doing, um, what was your favorite part of the film? You know, what was your favorite part of the video? And that really gets them to talk about, you know, well, my grandmother's speech or, um, or we put so much work into the details and to see all of those there, um, really made like the last year of my life, like feel like it, you know, it all came to life and it was exactly as it was planned or whatever it is. It allows your the person you're interviewing 
to connect with the person who's on the fence about booking with you. You guys, I got to interrupt for a hot second and give a awesome thank you shout out to one of the big supporters of the SFP podcast. I want to thank FreshBooks. You guys, I, I get the chance to talk to hundreds, if not thousands of photographers on the weekly. And one of the consistent things that I hear time and time again in regards to challenges in the business, points of pain within running your own business as a freelance photographer is accounting. It's, it just comes up every single time. What do I do with accounting? How do I manage this? Where do I outsource? Do I outsource? Like I'm supposed to be a creative. I don't do well with numbers. I don't track numbers well. Even getting paid, like how do I make sure uh, that I'm processing payments properly, tracking all that data properly? And one of the best pieces of advice that I have for you if you're running your business is make sure that you have a system in place uh, to help you uh, with your invoicing, a system in place to help you uh, track your your payments, a system in place uh, to help you track all of your accounting. And so with that being said, you guys, please do yourself the biggest favor that you can and go check out FreshBooks. And this is now a super no-brainer because there's a 30-day free trial that I'll tell you guys about here in just a minute. But FreshBooks has been completely redesigned, uh, just com- like completely from the ground up. It's an all cloud-based accounting software that's going to allow you to create professional invoices in like 30 seconds, set up online payments within just a couple of clicks that will allow you to get paid up to four times faster. And a really cool feature is you can actually view, track when your client has seen those invoices, and it really puts an end to that guessing game of when is the money going to show up for you guys. And so here's the deal. Like I said, FreshBooks please go check it out. They are offering you guys a 30-day unrestricted free trial. It's the full package for 30 days to claim it. It's just for you guys, by the way. To claim it, you need to go to freshbooks.com backslash photography, and then you need to enter six-figure photography. That's S-I-X, six-figure photography in the how did you hear about a section, and they're going to hook you guys up. Please do yourself a favor and look into this. All right, let's jump back in. Yeah, I love that. I love that we've kind of reverse engineered who is this intended for. This is intended for a lead, someone who hasn't hired you. They've considered it, but they have maybe this objection in their mind. And thinking about that objection up front, how can you ask questions that would solve it for someone? This, as you're talking about this, gets me really excited, too, actually for boudoir photography specifically. Because, Michael, as you're well aware, I hear this uh, frustration all the time from other boudoir photographers. And it just depends probably a little bit of your area. Uh, as well, but just the, um, this, the struggle or frustration to post up images, right? Because it is a very private thing and many clients don't want those out there, but, um, perhaps it would be more appropriate to just have a fully closed interview. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or a fully closed testimonial, just talking about the experience without actually, um, having themselves revealed gives an opportunity to, to provide content for you and to provide marketing material for you uh, while honoring their privacy at times. Would you agree? Absolutely. In fact, three out of the four of the interviews that I have up from uh, from clients that I've interviewed have given me permission to use the interview and not their pictures. Yeah. I think this is genius for boudoir especially. Um, so, uh, you know, they're like, absolutely, I'll, I'll talk about it. I thought it was incredible. I want other women to know that... Um, you know, my name's not being used and I want other women to know like what an incredible experience this is without feeling like I'm putting myself out there too much. Um, and you know, kind of everybody has their own lines that they draw. 
Um, but absolutely that gives, um, that gives a huge, um, a huge opportunity for them and for you to be able to share more. Cause I mean, and you, you see it from your clients when somebody has a really good experience, like they want to shout it from the world. Like if they get really amazing pictures, they want to tag you in their pictures. Like they want you to succeed because they had such an incredible experience. They want others to as well. So this is giving them another opportunity to be able to do that. Yeah. I love it. What are some of the ways that you're using these testimonial videos? Um, the, I, I do it in two ways. Um, one is in my very first email out to people, I include a link. So when they say, uh, you know, I'm looking for my, uh, shoot, I'm curious about, you know, whatever it is. I say, awesome. Uh, prices start at this. Um, the two most popular questions are, uh, one, how much does it cost? And two, what is the experience like? Here's a link to go watch some videos to hear some people talk about what their experience is like. And I have it, I have a video on there showing me, me posing. Um, cause I do all the posing, you know, nobody, nobody needs to come in and already know how to do it. And I have a little, I have a little line on there that says 10 points. If you can make it through the posing video without laughing. <laughs> That's awesome. And what it does is it's like, it's playful. It expects like, it'll be an enjoyable video for you. I'm, I'm kind of curious. And so going to that website leads them to sort of get lost in the videos and, and again, instead of me bragging about myself, hey, these are all the reasons why I'm different. I'm going to coach you. Your pictures will look like you. I've got this amazing studio. It puts it on other people to be able to brag on, uh, brag about me, which is a lot easier for people to believe, uh, you know, that information. Yeah, I love this. I mean, I think testimonials are the most important thing to be having on your website. And I love the way that you're using them right up front in that initial contact. I'm already going to, I mean, look, if you want to take away you guys, if you're listening right now, I mean, that's a huge takeaway is to actually produce a testimonial video and start using it in that initial contact for all the reasons that Michael just listed. I, 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 I'm in love with the idea. Um, and then you said, so that's, that's one way. And then the other way is, is hosting those on your website. Uh, yeah. So I just, uh, on, uh, you upload to YouTube and then from YouTube, you just take that link and you put that up on your, I have an actual video section of my website, but you can put this on your about me page. You can put this on your, uh, if you've got testimonials pages and you've got a couple of written ones and then you throw in a video one, you know, really wherever, um, wherever people are going to look for information, uh, that you think will answer some of their, some of their questions. So a lot of people, um, some great advice that was given to me is wherever somebody has an object, has an objection, like the pricing is too high or I'm nervous, uh, because it's a guy boudoir photographer or whatever it is, you put somebody's testimonial that answers that objection. Yeah. You don't wait for them to actually voice it. You understand your ideal client so well that you answer it for them on their behalf. And it also shows confidence. It's like, it's addressing the objection before uh, they, they even think of it, which builds trust essentially, right? You, you, you face it head on rather than sitting back, keeping your fingers crossed and hoping that people don't ask that question about the digital files or hoping, you know what I mean? Uh, Which I think is what we do too often. That's right. I mean, ideally the best, you know, uh, if ever, if ever anyone has been to a Cirque du Soleil show, um, 
I every time I buy a ticket, I'm like eighty dollars, a hundred dollars a ticket. Like that's quite a bit. You know, I could go watch a movie for ten bucks, and then I go to the show and buy half. You know, buy intermission. I say I would have paid twice for this. You know, like this is incredible. And I think you know when you get somebody that says like, um, you know, was it expensive? Like honestly, like this experience was priceless. Like I would have paid. You know, I would have paid double. Um, something like that is gonna crush somebody's objection to like, wow, that's, that really sounds expensive. Um, and then if you're, if you're nervous about is, uh, are they going to be, wow, they've got three photographers. Oh my God. There's going to be so many people walking around taking pictures. You get somebody to say like, uh, I at first was nervous about having three photographers, but, um, you know, I didn't even really notice them there, you know, whatever it is. And again, um, you know, the written testimonials are incredible, But if you can ask the leading questions to, you know, oh, you know, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, did you, uh, did you notice us around much? Like, were were we a distraction like you thought we were going to be? Like, you know, like, no, we didn't notice at all. You know, you can ask leading questions to answer the typical um, conflicts that people might, might ask when they're, when they're curious about hiring you. Love it. Let's kind of go off on a couple uh, tangents here. I actually just um, was a part of uh, Melanie Anderson's Focus Summit. She just had one last week dedicated to video. Uh, I had the the joy of going on there and talking um, very a little bit more technical stuff, but kind of like basic intro uh, top five things to make sure uh, that you do uh, so that way your videos don't suck. So uh, it's kind of fresh on the mind, you know, some of these thoughts. And I'd love to hear from you, like, what are some of as as we're talking mostly to photographers, right? Who maybe they haven't shot in video, um, and they're moving their photo camera and they're just putting on that video mode. Um, let's go through maybe a couple things. I want to hear from you on just like, uh, Hey, if you're going to do it, have this in mind, like what are a couple quick tips on making a, a video, a success the first time around that they go to try? Perfect. Um, I would say the first piece of advice I have is to know that, um, your first video that you make will probably not be a raging success. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, kind of setting those expectations that, you know, you are learning and that's okay. And you learned the first couple of pictures you took probably weren't, you know, um, winners in competitions. Um, so that's the first thing is just, uh, you know, your first couple of videos, you should just be trying, you know, you should be experimenting, you should be testing. Um, so that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, I mean, I really think there's only, th- three steps to put together a video that, um, you know, in Denver, when people were asking me like, wow, video, what an incredible jump that you made from photography. How did, you know, what, it, you know, what does it take? And I would say, you really only need three things. You need a stable camera, something that's not shaking, which you can do with a tripod. You can do with image stabilized lenses, you know, really, really pretty simple. The second thing is good light, which, Hey, you're a photographer. You already know how you should to have that. Fight. <laughs> yep. And the third is uh, decent audio. So that means just essentially not recording out of your on camera microphone, which you can get for, you know, you can get $60, $30 on Amazon. What do you to recommend get started. for? What do you recommend to get started with audio for like uh, a, someone shoot with an SLR? They want to do basic interviews. Let's go with that route. Uh, not uh, a full wedding video, uh, just basic interviews. SLR. I'd say the, the best, um, the best all-around microphone that'll answer, you know, that'll do pretty much anything for you is the Rode Video Micro, 
M I C R O. Like it's a like little smaller. shotgun mic that sits on camera. That's right. So it just attaches onto your uh, hot shoe where where a flash would normally go, and it plugs in. And this is sixty dollars. And I use this for um, for ninety percent of my shooting. Um, this is really, I mean, it really is a good microphone. They make a nicer one for about two hundred twenty dollars, but um, it really only increases the quality of audio by about ten percent, which yeah. for us audiophiles makes a difference. But for, you know, anybody getting started, I mean, I, I literally have the microphone on my camera um, right now that I'm going to be going going out tonight with. So um, so that's the that's the one that I would choose uh, if you've got somebody sitting down and not moving and they're just doing an interview. I recommend that you try a lavalier microphone, which is the one that just clips to your shirt. Um, mm-hmm. A little wire. Yep. And you can get a wired one that's 30 feet long for like 30 bucks. And because, and here, here's why it is, um, here's why it's a little bit better is because, uh, there's something called the negative inverse law, um, which applies to a whole bunch of things. But one of the things that applies to is light. So when you want to make, um, you know, when you have two people standing next to each other and you've got a flash off to the side, the person closer to the flash is going to be way brighter than the person farther away from the flash. Mm-hmm. So with microphones, the closer the microphone is to the person's mouth, essentially the brighter, you know, the better it's going to be. And so, you know, when you've got it on your camera and you're 10 feet away, uh, you've got 10 feet between the microphone and the person. When it's clipped onto your shirt, you've got six inches between the microphone and the person. So if they're not going anywhere, if nobody's moving, uh, you know, just a wired lavalier microphone, really cheap on Amazon, 30 bucks will get you started. If, um, you know, you're going to be shooting anything where, uh, somebody may be standing over there. Somebody may be standing over there. You're recording two people, you know, anything like that. Uh, this road video micro is really pretty amazing microphone. Nice. Love it. Technical settings, technical settings. Uh, do you have any technical advice in terms of camera settings? Um, I mean, is it just, is yeah, it yeah. as easy as just switching over to the video mode and then, and then going, you know, if, uh, I, I think two things, one is, um, uh, pr- pretty, pretty much. I mean, Love I think, it. I think if you, um, you know, as you dive deeper into this stuff, but pretty much it's course, the same, yeah. it's the same as, as photo. And that's what, I think that's the part that blows people's minds. They think as soon as they switch it to video, you know, the world is now upside down. And the truth is aperture still reacts the same way. ISO still reacts the same way. Shutter is way less important, like at the bottom of your priority list. Um, and then, uh, you know, as long as I think as long as your exposure changes are smooth, you know, most cameras have auto uh, auto ISO that'll sort of go up and down as the as the brightness changes in the scene. I think that's totally fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this, the settings, I would say, are less important. If, if you're comfortable shooting manual, shoot manual. If you're not comfortable shooting manual, like even then, don't let that be the most important thing to you. Stable camera. Good light, microphone. Nice. In that order? Uh, yes. Love it. I think so. Yeah, that's fair, man. Um, Michael, this is awesome. Uh, are there any other ways that you are using video to uh, to book more clients apart from testimonials? Um, I mean, I, I would absolutely say showing the experience. Um, I mean, you can get a, a friend. I mean... And digital SLRs are awesome, but like iPhones are really good too. If you have a friend just come out and shoot some horizontal 
some horizontal video on their iPhone. Um, then, uh, and you cut together a couple clips, um, like just showing the experience, like letting them see you working, letting them see the way that you're dressed, letting them see the way that your clients react to you in a positive way, you know, letting them see that experience. I would say, you know, for me, it's showing a, a photo shoot in my bright studio where the girl looks really comfortable, where I'm giving her instruction, where I'm showing her pictures on the back of the camera and she's lighting up, you know, um, where all the control is on me, that they don't have to do anything, that, um, you know, all these things uh, are really that alone without having somebody say those things, you're seeing those things. So I would say absolutely um, showing showing your experience um Showing your experience and having somebody else talk positively about it in testimonials are two of the ways. And not just that that I'm booking clients, but that other people aren't. So, you know, really, if people are like, well, how do I how do I make myself stand out? How do I make myself different? Um, this is a huge, huge, huge way to do it. Yeah, I love that. Dude, again, going back to Boudoir. Uh, what you're talking about of showing the experience, it helps build that trust. You know, boudoir especially is a risky thing, uh, just in, in people's minds, even on going to weddings, weddings. I mean, it's like, you can't redo it. It's a very similar thing, a a different angle, but similar in the, in the process of having trust established and being able to actually show the experience before someone, uh, books, uh, I could see being so critical, towards that process. Michael, this is fun. We haven't had this conversation before, uh, on the SFE podcast. And so I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here, uh, and, and have it. Um, I got to go check out your, your, your work, take a look at some of the videos that you've produced, see the way that you're handling it. And then, um, I got to start scheduling some testimonials with some of my, some of my best clients. Michael, let me ask you this. Where can people find you? See you, see more of your work, uh, find you online. Uh, so, uh, my, my website is, uh, my last name, Sasser, S-A-S-S-E-R stills like a still photograph and then boudoir. Um, so you can go there if, if you want to see, uh, my, my wedding work or kind of just more, more video content. Uh, I still have my, my videography website up. It's my last name, Sasser motion.com. Um, for some, uh, for some like destination weddings and stuff like that, you can go check that out. Uh, I'm on Instagram, sasserstillsboudoir.com. I'm uploading pictures almost, almost daily. Um, and then, uh, you know, on, on my website, I've got a course that teaches photographers how to shoot video. Um, and actually I've got a, I've got a five minute free, like the first five minutes of the course that teaches you like stabilization tricks, even if you don't have a tripod. Um, yeah. so I've got that, that, uh, you know, people is just a free download if they want to check it out. Um, nice. but, but those are pretty much the, the spots to get at me. Nice, man. I'll make sure to get a link down to all of that in the show notes, the first five minutes of that video, uh, for people to take a look at Michael. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Awesome, man. I really appreciate it. That was great. Sweet. Cheers, man. Bye. See ya. You guys, I hope that you feel encouraged, emboldened, empowered to move your stills camera over to video mode and to start creating uh, video content to help grow your business. I think one of the biggest things that that I took away is, is even just the testimonials, to not just leave testimonials in writing, but to actually get testimonials in video and how powerful that can be. Look, your leads want to see people who have gone before them, and it's so amazing when you actually get to see the face and you get to hear the words come right out. Uh, So I want to encourage you guys to do this. 
Look, thank you so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate your time, your attention, your, your investment and care into growing your business. Look, if you want to continue to dive into aspects and ways to grow your photography business, I want to invite you into, it's a free seven-day crash course. And each day, I take a new aspect of the business. Maybe one day is uh, is your website, one day is your copywriting, all these different aspects, and just just dive fully into it. It is a meaty uh, course and it's all there. It's free for you guys. It's incredible. You can get it at sixfigurephotography.com forward slash seven day crash course. Uh, All the reviews that have come through have been resounding and I think I need to go make some video (laughs) reviews uh, of that, but it's there for you guys for free. Check it out. There will be a link in the show notes. Other than that, you guys, we will see you in episode 61. Cheers.